Hi guys, hi guys. Welcome again. Uh Abobuloshi episode five? Yeah. Episode five, guys. My name is Chris Technova. Nemo with Welcome. 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 <laughs> Welcome to episode five. Uh it's been four long episodes. We're the fifth one. Um, <laughs> so like um we're gonna just, you know, go straight into this and like so we'll be there's been a lot of talk about developer community in Ghana, in Nigeria. Nigeria is debuting a lot of great stuff with For Loop, with Laravel Nigeria, with all their meetups. So, I'm going to ask this question first. It might sound funny, but it's actually an important question. Is there a developer community presence in Ghana? So, for example, if a Mark Zuckerberg should come to Ghana, like the way he went to Lagos and he went to Yaba, and he went to Andela's office. No, he went to CC Hub. And then he walked, trekked though. He did not enter Bulletproof G-Wagon. He trekked to Andela's office. You know, like, it felt communal. If he should come here, after going to Flagstaff House, is there, <laughs> after going to Flagstaff House, is there a community he can align himself with? Huh. Um... So, I mean, for those who are developers and, you know, in the tech space in Ghana would say Meltwater, you know, MEST is mm. there. It's probably the most renowned, well-advertised, uh, you know, institution in the country that does, you know, tech events, training entrepreneurs in tech mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, mm. But in terms of actual dev community, yes, there is. Well, there's been a couple of dev communities in you know, it, uh, to the best of my knowledge, over time, um, there was the GDG Ghana. Well, I, I think it still exists. Um, the I know I know every every year uh, every school also has some kind of like you know little because my brother used to be in GTUC and they had this um, you know um, go, I'm not, I can't really remember the name and I know they have like Google ambassadors who are always doing events in all these schools and stuff. So. At a micro level, there are all these little communities. But at the moment, I feel like the biggest tech community we have in Ghana right now is Dev Congress. Um, about 600, 650 members in total uh, right now. Are, are these like in names, like email list to actual people? No, these are actual people who <laughs> talk, <laughs> who talk, actual three-dimensional people who talk on a Slack channel okay. on a daily basis. And who can right? come for this podcast one day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Who can come from this podcast one day? So, um, yeah, and, and whenever we do meetups, we attract between 50 to 100 people right now. Mm. So it's not as big as, you know, other countries, like you mentioned Nigeria. I love the tech community in Nigeria, by the way. Um, but I think that we, we, are, we are gradually getting to a point where, you know, more and more people are hungry to learn and more and more people are, um, you know, open to getting out of their corners and getting out of their little spaces and just coming together as a community and then just sharing and learning all these things. Um, and, and the reason why this is probably happening is because I think um, the younger generation of developers who are coming up now um, have more direct access to um, people that they would want to learn from. During okay. my days, I mean, you just know of the person's name <laughs> there was no Twitter, there was no, I mean, Facebook was barely starting, um, you know, you don't know their email address to reach out to them, there was nothing like that, right? Um, but today, like, you know, Twitter is there, Facebook is there, you know, you know 
we have most of us have like uh, our own websites where you can grab our email address you can send a message so that there's many ways to reach out so that means that if you're doing an event you know pretty much anybody who like kind of like thinks about you as a mentor and would like to talk to you about what they are working on and stuff like that can just come and then reach out to you and then you know that kind of thing so I, I feel like it's 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 really come it's really become that way because of the fact that you know social media and the web generally has 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 helped people to uh, be more open and share yeah. and that has sort of like and even like even the way like you know we learn how to write code and program and build stuff today is even very different it's not back in the days you have to read books and then yeah. if you get stuck on an error you are just stuck there, just stuck there. you know and stuff but now like if you know if if you check online and you don't find a solution that helps you can always reach out to somebody on twitter like people contact me like that all the time mm. and say so i think that that whole mindset of you know let's learn together share together yeah. also kind of helps people to think about um let's meet together to learn yeah. something together right i mean um, like speaking about like accessibility guys let me tell you how edem was able to come on this podcast so <laughs> edem and i follow each other on twitter and Ni and I were like, okay, but I think it's about time we have a guest. So I just said, okay, let me just DM him. And then I DM'd him. And he was super cool, guys. Like, it was really nice. He offered to come here. So don't be shy of, don't be shy to tweet or DM that, on a, that personality, that dev guy that you've been wanting to DM for a while. I mean, they're really cool and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, I think for me, like, the reason why it's very important for me that I, I you know, talk to as many people or yeah. try and help us is because i didn't have that kind of experience when and you were, yeah and you know something something actually really struck me from when i was you know uh, learning all this thing was <coughs> we would do algorithm contests online on google code job and code force and all that and i can't relate <laughs> well basically basically these these competitions are all about you know like they give you a problem to solve online and you have an amount of time to solve it and oh, okay. you win a prize at the end, right? right. Uh-huh. And we will always get our ass whooped by Chinese people, um, mm. you know, Russians and everything. And then, you know, you go and read their solution and find out how they did it and realize that they've been doing this thing for like a really long time. And they've had people who have coached them, who have mentored them, who have, you know, they've, they've done it in teams, they train, they practice and all these things. And I'm like, Man, like we don't wow. have that anything like that, yeah. right? So what if okay, those of us who didn't get that chance, but then eventually understood how it all works out. I mean, I'm never gonna win a prize again. Um, my brain is already <laughs> dead. But what I can do is if somebody needs direction yeah. or needs, you know, like somebody to help them yeah. go in the right direction and learn the right thing, they should be able to reach out to me, like, you know, they should be able to yeah. have access to that. So yeah. that's why it's very important to me that I, you know, make myself available to anyone who needs to help. Um, so, or I'm going to ask you a question, right? Um, so, I feel like there's a lot of great talent in Ghana, great developer talent in Ghana. I've seen people build amazing products. Um, just recently, I met someone who is currently building, I think, what would be the first, um, uh, what, what do they call these things again? Like, um, what uh, Mark Essian is doing with hotels.ng and stuff like that. Like the Hotel first bookings? proper, I mean, okay, I'm not throwing shade, but like <laughs> the first proper hospitality, mm. you know, platform, okay. and he's doing it all by himself, you know. So there's a lot of talent in Ghana. What? How do you think? And especially in the schools, like in Legon and in Ghana Tech and in Kumasi. Okay. So how do you think that the communities existing, like Dev Congress and like Mest, can 
involve these guys? How can they make it an inclusive, like, do you understand? Because, I mean, I think that they, they don't know these things exist. Mm. You know, true, you talk true. to a final year student of computer science in Legon or in Ghana Tech, and they're asking you, what is Dev Congress? Or they're asking true. you, what is MEST? Do you understand? So, how do these guys, how can these platforms, like, include these guys like make them a part of that community you know yeah i think for the most part it's more of a two-way thing yeah but from the part of the existing communities i think yeah. um so like he, like adam said earlier there are little there's smaller chapters now in schools and all right and i think reaching out to them or actually well actually as like i said it's a two-way thing so the chapters also need to reach out to yeah it's a two-way kind of thing yeah but also on you know provide support for events and like you know make some extra appearances at existing like chapter school chapter events so that you know the younger people the younger level 100 yeah. 200 younger developers basically yeah. can actually see that oh this already exists you know i want to be part of this community and you know from there develop mentorships and meet with people that can actually help them become better developers and so yeah so i think it's more of um being more inclusive in the events that are happening in the chapters and also for the people in existing like groups smaller yeah. groups in the schools to actually yeah. reach out because the problem is the communication between the two of them reaching out to them and you know sending them messages emails and be like oh can we meet what are we going to do with yeah. this and then that's one way to actually okay. boost things also yeah and what do you think so i think um there is a there is still this I don't know. I, I I don't know whether it's a fear or it's a stigma that many people don't feel like who am I to be sharing anything that I've done. Yeah. You understand? Um so you are sitting in your little corner, you are doing some great machine learning something and you just feel like ah this is not good enough. This is nothing. You understand? Um I used to feel that way like you know and then and then you realize that you know while you are feeling that way somebody is actually struggling with the thing that you you were doing and felt like it wasn't good enough right but if the two of you never meet you never actually realize that you had an opportunity to teach him and he had an opportunity to learn from you right okay. so i i personally feel like the first thing we need to do is we need to actually remove that stigma like it doesn't matter how small or how big what it is that you are doing or you are you are learning is and all that the first thing is don't be sure scared to share like just share whatever it is right um and i was giving a great example with um, with Joe, uh, yeah. you know, getting into Flutterwave. Yeah. I was following, I've been following, I didn't, I didn't meet him, we didn't meet probably till like last year, but then I've been following his blog for a really long time because, and, and the time when he actually caught my attention was um, I was working on this project for Barclays Bank here and it was the first time that I was building a font-facing banking application for the masses, right? So you can imagine that user experience was a big Very deal. Key, you understand? Yeah. Um, being a typical software engineer, I was just thinking, yeah, put a drop down <laughs> here, put <laughs> button here, put that here. You know, you know, you really care about any of these things. Um, and we had a UX consultant on the team who was giving us a lot of, no, this is not how you do it and everything and all that. And, and then I found one post that he did about redesigning the Fidelity Bank website to be more user-friendly. And I was blown. I was like, wait, there are people in Ghana who do this? Like, they can yeah. actually do case studies like this? You know? Um, so we took that blog post, we, we shared it in the office, everybody read it, like, yeah, like these are the ideas I'm talking about, this is how we should be doing it. Wow. And all that. <laughs> we used a lot of these concepts and these ideas, you know, it kind of like inspired us to build a, a, a better user experience and everything. And he kept doing that and all, you know, and all. So I wasn't really surprised that, you know, eventually Flutter will call him and say, hey, yeah. you want to yeah. come in. Now imagine, 
I am pretty sure there are many, many other people just like that. There are many people who are doing, you know, interested in like things that are very obscure to me, but once they share it and then explain what exactly it is that they are doing, you realize that, oh, okay, this is actually not that, not that hard. The second thing is, the second re reason why it's important is because I, I, I believe that, you know, when you're learning something, context is important, right? Um, you can teach um, math to two people, right? If you teach it in one way, one person will understand it, like, straight away, based on the approach that you're using. The other one may need a different approach, right? Um, and then that makes you realize that, oh, okay, so that means that from the way we grow up and the way we, you know, our cultures and everything, you can't just makes. use one approach to learn something and then be able to explain it. Many people come to me and say that they really like the way I write because I break it down to a level that they can understand it, they can relate to. But when I was learning it myself, it was much harder for me to learn. But then once I understand it, yeah. I'm able to sort of like, share you know, share. share it in a way that, you know, everybody can, can understand yeah. from that. So that's what th that's also important. Like the, the context in which we or the context with which we learn things here is different from, you know, how the books are written and stuff. So if you learn something, don't feel like, oh, it's already been written in a book. So that's there's it. no point for me yeah. to share it. You know, your context is also different. So just go ahead and share. Um, I think there is also, th there is some effort that's being done with, uh, you know, well, at least at Deaf Congress. I know we have a newsletter that we share um, on a weekly or a monthly basis where we gather, like, all sorts of things that are happening around um, and then we just put it up in a newsletter. So whether it's a new product that's launched, whether it's an event that's coming up, whether it's, you know, all these kind of things. Um, I would like to see more of that, but we can only do enough of that if, you know, people who are doing stuff are actually tagging us with what they are doing, like, you know, um, and stuff like that. So whenever we go to events, we're like, oh, if you have anything that's coming up, you're working on anything, let us know. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to take a while, but I feel like once people, other people start seeing that, oh, okay, this is something that somebody has done and this is what he's been able to do, then it will inspire other people to also want to, to get started and share, right? Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, speaking about um, community, we've, we've established that there's, there's the access now and people should reach out. But a lot of times when you're trying to build a community, it ends up being sort of like clicky. So like even without within the groups, yeah. subgroups develop. So is it is it the same? And how how do you get around that? So <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um I don't I don't think before that, are you a part of that clique? No, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't consider to be myself to be part of any clique. Um, I mean, like I, I put myself out there. Like it doesn't matter who you are, what you want to do. Like I'm always there. Um, but I think that the reason why this kind of clicky thing happens yeah. is because naturally, you know, 15 in a class, but you just be friends with like two or three people because you know you guys can relate to each other and stuff so it's also the same thing in developer communities um we we have so many technologies and so many tools that it's, it's gotten to a point where it's become sort of religious right hmm. um you you adopt a set of tools and all that and that's what makes you comfortable okay so naturally you would gravitate towards people who are also using, um, the, same know, using the same tools and are building the same kind of things that yeah. you're interested in um but how do we overcome that is through diversity, diversity of topics. So, like, you know, if I'm going to write a topic and, and talk about, I don't know, um, JavaScript, it doesn't mean that the next time 
um, you know, we are talking about something. I'm going to be talking about the same thing again. Like, sure. with that, you know, bring another topic and all that. I, I personally don't like PHP, but, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say that because, <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. He's a PHP guy. But, you know, like, we should be able to just bring that diversity because I believe that there are, there are ideas from, you know, other, other uh, things being done that I can also learn from, even if I don't want to adopt um, those things those in particular. Ones. So, Diversity is the best way to get around it. So, I mean, like, we try very much to, at Dev Congress at least, we try very much to, um, you know, think carefully about the topics that we are choosing when we are doing meetups. We make sure that it's diverse enough. Um, I think also, like, respect and, 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 uh, and consideration for people who have different mi um, minds, mindsets or different points of views mm -hmm. from what you do. So, like, if somebody says, oh, I don't do this. Like, what do you mean you don't do that? Then you're not doing it right. Oh, you know, those yeah. kind of things. So, we really try. We've had a couple of instances where people have been sort of like disrespectful to other people on the platform, on Slack, you know, in an arguments that we are having. But we, we have to step in and say, hey, it's really about an exchange of ideas. Don't get personal and all that. Yeah. And, you know, it's a hard thing to do because of how we were trained and how we grew up. And, you know, so it, ha it has to be like a conscious effort, right? Um, so it's also something that, you know, people will learn and acquire with time. So I would say, you know, diversity in topics and people. Um, be open and transparent, be respectful, um, and then don't be, just put yourself out there to, to anybody who comes to you. Reaching out is really important because yeah. you might think that the clique exists just because they're friends, you know, and you think that, oh, these people will probably never even pay mind to me because I'm not on their level. I'm going to give an example. So, like, the Nigerian developers, you know, oh, Prosper, Neo Godaro, Codebeast, uh, like you know, all of them, Chris and Timmy, the yeah, Timmy, okay. Ire, and yeah. Femi Taiwan. You you think that oh, all these people are in a clique that I cannot be part of, but if you actually just reach out to them, personally, I reached out to a couple of them, a lot of them, and they actually reply, you know, and you can actually d realize that it's it's not really a clique, you know. If you need to talk to them, you talk to them, and they will definitely be there to help. That, that one I know for sure. That right? when you run I into issues, I, li I like the fact that we brought up this clique thing. Right? Always there so to help. I I also have another perspective to this, right? Yeah. So. Um, I think a lot of people look at developer as you can do everything. <laughs> we are not good. <laughs> right? I'm not kidding. Like, I'm actually not kidding. Like, you look at developer as you can build website, you can build mobile app, you, you can, can design, do machine, <laughs> you can do bots, you can do AI, you can do design. I'm not, like, I think in Ghana especially. Yeah. So they see developer as you can do everything. Not knowing that languages differ. Do you yeah, understand? Definitely. And then you can be focused on HTML, CSS. You can be a UI, UX designer. Do you <laughs> so, like, I do a bit of UI, UX. And someone someone actually asked me one day that, can you take my website and make it a different color? I actually, like, I'm not kidding. The guy was actually thinking I'm a painter. Or I <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not joking. The guy was actually thinking I'm a painter or something. So, but my question here is, so how do we demystify some of the stereotypes in Ghana? Because it's a it's a really big issue, uh, even in the schools. You yeah. you hear people say you're a developer. So um, I know Ore is putting together GDG Legon, and Ore asked them. Ore put something on Slack and said, "What do you want to focus on?" And someone just said, "I just want to learn how to code." Oh yeah, I saw that. Someone like, someone was like, "I want to learn programming." And I want I'm to like, learn. Can be more specific, mm, please. Okay, like, do you understand? Is, like even when you, even <laughs> languages, too, yeah. someone goes, "I want to learn Python." 
it's great to want to learn Python, but what do you want to do with it? I exactly. think that's really the most important part when it comes to actually picking languages and all that. So yeah. how do we like demystify some of these stereotypes? How do we make people have a better because it's obvious the schools are not doing that. Let's actually be honest with that, Jiget. Yeah. So I don't know, Adam, what do you I mean what would you want to share some insight on how um, to do this? So I think developers number one are first to blame for this thing. <laughs> and I explain why. <laughs> um if you come to me yeah. and say, I have this idea, uh, I want to build a mobile app for blah, 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 blah. I'll tell you, yo, I don't do mobile apps. Exactly. But I know one, I recommend him to you. Mm. And you can talk to him. Yeah. And that's it. Right? If you come to me and say, I have this thing, I heard about machine learning, come and do it for me. I'm like, I don't, I don't, me, I only build web apps. I don't do any, <laughs> you understand? Exactly. Um, I think, you know, developers, it's great to want to learn and, you know, take on challenging products and everything. But that also sort of creates this impression that, you know, you can do everything. Yeah. Which is why clients will come to you or people will come to you and expect you to do everything. Yeah. Because, you know, like, yeah, they, they are used to that, right? Yeah. Um, if somebody brings a project to me that I think is interesting, the technologies I'm going to use is something I want to learn already. Yeah. And... Uh, they are open to the fact that I don't have any experience with this thing, so it's going to take a much longer time to get it right than you know being able to produce like something that's perfect from day one. Yeah. Then I'll take on that. But we have this tendency of saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it," and then you go and learn it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> somehow. Up doing like I like that somehow. <laughs> you end up doing like a very shady job. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and even though the job is shady, then you add it to your CV and say, "Yeah, I can do machine learning," or "Yeah, wow. I can do mobile apps." Um. So I so I think that that's that's the that's the first thing. Developers need to really figure out what they want to specialize in, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily have to be like specialize in one language or, uh, you know, special. But like, if you want to do web development. Make sure that you are doing web development and you are the best at it. If you want to do even web development, can be split between front end and back end. Exactly. You understand? <laughs> so like basically, exactly. figure out exactly if you want to do both full stack, then just figure out exactly what you want to do and become the best at it. And if you want to learn anything on the side, yeah. then do it on the side. Like you were giving the example of Timmy um, right now. Timmy yeah. is a full stack dev. Yeah. You know, really amazing and everything and all that. Ira just calls herself a front end dev. She doesn't touch backend anything, mm. whatever. Mm. And she's one of the best front-end devs you True. can find. True. You understand? Her work but is speaking while for Timmy was working on this full-stack dev thing and everything and all that, he was learning machine learning on the side. He did not take any machine learning project while he was still trying to figure out how to be like a machine learning engineer. Yeah. You understand? You wouldn't see that here. Like, it's not, you know, like people just take on anything. You know, so we really need to be very focused about what it is that we are trying to learn. And then make sure that we become the best at it before we can add it to our skill set and say we can do this, right? So, so sorry to cut you short, but I know that there's a lot of there's a new word in dev. You are a something evangelist. So, Adam, please, what <laughs> church do you evangelize? <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to. Which evangelist <laughs> are you? Let us let us know so we can address you as 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 properly. I, uh, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that, um, well, for those who know me, they know that I'm a Ruby on Rails dev. That's that's what I work the most with. 
Um, I do a bit of C sharp, but I wouldn't say that I really evangelize for C sharp. And I'm a huge, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of React as well. But but I I I really like the 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 misconception with calling somebody an evangelist for something, sort of make people think that it means that they don't do or they are not open to learning or doing anything else, you know. So I rather call myself. I don't know, like a code evangelist or yeah. Adam, you know, Adam, Adam, kind of Adam is keeping it open for the government contract. <laughs> so that when when the one comes, that you don't really, you know, go claim him. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, but 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 in the same, but in the same, at the same time, there are people, there are other people who like just, you know, sort of like specialize in one thing and they do evangelism for that because it's it in itself is big enough. So like code beast, which who is doing like JavaScript. Evangelism and all like that, that already is big enough, so I can understand that. I don't think I've gotten to the point where I am very attached to one, one. particular thing that I can call myself an evangelist for that, and that's probably because of the nature of my, because I, I consult you know, you don't always have the choice of picking the tools, sometimes the tools are being picked for you, so you can't really. I'll watch out for your Twitter bio just in case you change it one day to <laughs> something evangelist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so listen. Uh, to go back to the fact that developers in Ghana, like, they accept jobs, but which they know they don't have the tools or resources for. Could it be about how much they are being paid for jobs? Could it be an issue? Yes, um, of course. I mean, like, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> if you are hungry and somebody comes to you, <laughs> you just say yes, I can do it. I can do it. So this this whole, um, actually, let's let's just be straight to the point. Developers in Ghana are not paid well enough. That's just, that's just <laughs> what it is. Um, when I came back, when I, I worked in uh, South America for two and a half years, and then I came back, and the thing that shocked me when I came back was what people were getting paid, mm. you know, as software developers in yeah. some companies. And even though I had a job when I came back, I still had to freelance on the side to supplement my income. Okay. Right? Um now, why is that happening? It's there are couple of reasons. Um, I think the first one is that, unfortunately, in Ghana today we have um, tech companies that are being run by non-tech people. Yeah. Let me give you the example. Take a bank, right? And imagine that you know you gave um, the top position in a bank to somebody who has worked in in banking for a long time 20 years they have experience in finance and banking yeah. right obviously in a bank those who are doing actual banking work would definitely earn more than those who those are doing it work right because banking is the core of what they do so obviously like you know their bonuses and things are going to be tied to that and the it is just there to support, support. their operations if you take a tech company mm. tech is the business and then things like accounting and HR and all these things are support for these things. But if you do a survey of all the tech companies, show me how many of them are being run by people who have actually written code in the past before. Mm. There are not a lot of them, right? You have people who are, and I'm not saying, I'm not accusing anyone. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'm not not saying that, you know, you're running tech companies and you haven't written code, you're doing a bad job. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is that it is hard to appreciate 
you know, the value that tech brings to you, even as a tech company, mm-hmm. if you don't know the efforts that is being put into producing the products yeah. that you're selling. Right. You understand? That that's makes that's a lot of sense. Yeah. That's really, that's that's the, the essence of all of it, right? Somebody told me once that you don't get paid what you are worth. You get paid what you ask for. Mm, Do you get it? Yeah. So if you work for a tech company and, you know, like, uh, what's it called? They can't really evaluate, you know, the, what what it is that you're producing. How much is it is it really worth, right? And then at the same time, there is somebody out there who is going to say that, oh, I can, I, you know, I'll take the same job and, you know, this is how much I want. I'll take, yeah. It will always drive salaries down. The second thing is that devs don't, ne- don't really, many, many devs, well, well, tech people generally want to remain technical. They don't want to get into management. Okay. And that's actually why you have non-tech people running tech companies, right? And I think that's also wrong. I, I feel like, you know, I mean, obviously, you can't ask every tech person to get into management. Yeah. But I would like to see more, you know, post-technical people wanting to become actual managers and start companies. Um, and that would sort of, like, flip the script, right? Okay. The third thing is, um, I don't think we have enough competition for devs in Ghana right now. Mm. And that's also why, you know, salaries are low. When you have enough yeah. supply and there isn't enough demand for these guys, yeah. you know, you, you kind of, like, control... Um, the, the narrative here. Um, I feel like wha- when we get to the point where we have enough competition, whether it is coming from outside or, you know, talent is, you know, like working for um, bigger companies from, from outside or, you know, yeah. more companies are being created yeah. and are willing to offer more money and, and stuff like that, then it will change. Um, but as of now, I, I don't know. <laughs> let, me, let me ask Ori a question. So, Ori... <coughs> Looking at the kind of work that goes into development, right? So let's say you're you're building an e-commerce site, okay? Averagely, how much should a developer be paid for that? Like in Ghana, in Ghana CDs. Like well, if you, if you're being honest, like let's it's not let's say it's a big company. So let's say you're doing some web development work for um for who beige cap for beige for example, okay? Freelance. How much? What range? Okay. Should they really be paid? I, I would say, for the most part, the first thing one should look at is how much, f- how fast they want it done. You understand? Yeah. And what features? And also, it's not really just what do you want and how much do you want to pay. I think it's more of the feature listing, and that's what people try tend to forget. The feature listing that really goes into it, like the e-commerce yeah. site and yeah. how much work do you want into it. So now, the basic thing about e-commerce is you just should be able to buy and sell. Yeah. I, I mean, buy for the most part. Yeah. Right. Now, you can also look at who is going to be doing the uploads. Do you want users to actually upload their things by themselves or yeah. you are going to control the flow? Do you understand? Yeah. Do you want analytics? Do you understand? Do you want, um, what else? Do you want to keep track of the people who are subscribing or people who are buying, people who so are So, it's a whole project so on its own. Basically, so that's a full thing. And so, at that point, personally, I would say you should really charge by the hour as to how much it would take you to actually... By the complete. hour? Yeah, that's why you should have proper feature listing. So that if if you want to be mm. if you want to be real right if you want to be people are paid on the by, by the hour basically so like I'm saying oh this feature is gonna take me this x amount of t- hours like okay I'm gonna charge you maybe twenty cities per hour this is what my time is worth you understand and so when you have a proper feature listing like I mean they're good good applications for that Airtable and the rest so, and so how so much should they charge so an hour so I'm not gonna give you the standard price to charge it's more about how much your time is worth you understand and how fa- for the most part how much your time is worth to you. Right, so now I'm very busy right now. 
and you come to me telling me, you come to me telling me, oh, you want me to do this for you, yeah. and this for you, that for you. Now I'm taking time, my time out, right? And so I can charge you, maybe me being nice and all, like, oh, if I really, well, you shouldn't really think about friends and business, but I could maybe charge you like, oh, ten. Or maybe ten. Don't to give us like. Hour, right? Give us how much you actually charge. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying, I'm serious. Like, I won't. I'm, I'm not going to pick a price and then stick to it because someone can come and now hit me up and say, oh, I heard you say. You know what I'm saying? So I'm all saying right, it, it right, really right, depends. Right. By the time you come, I may be more busy, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but for the most part, though, like you can say, oh, you can, you're charging maybe ten dollars, ten CDs per hour, right? And this this app is taking so 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 amount of hours. So, so this is totally I'll, I'll give you why I asked this question, right? So yeah. I, I have a friend who is a Legon and he he told me that he he was in a class. I yeah. think it was a web one of these web dev classes. Okay. And his web dev lecturer told I think it was towards the end of the semester. Yeah. So they had basic knowledge of web dev, right? Okay. They could pretty much create interactive websites. Okay. And he told and then well, he told them that so the community is out there for you, blah 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 blah. So someone asked him a question, like, so how much do you think I should charge a client that comes yeah. to meet me? And he said, well, at your level, that's this, this is the way he put it, at your level, maybe like 700 Ghana cities. What? <laughs> what? I'm not kidding. <laughs> Real Wait. talk. He said, at your <laughs> level, maybe like 700, 800 Ghana cities okay. for a website. Okay, I think, come on, guys. That is basically 200 US dollars. <laughs> yeah what's that I think, <laughs> I think also, lo also looking at it yeah you should also look at it from the point of experience experience really comes into play so if you come and see someone that's really experienced someone like Adam now you want Adam to build your website and Adam all, you cannot reach Adam like that yeah no I'm saying you, have to, you cannot reach Adam like that first of all you have to go through some proper channels. Some proper channels. <laughs> There's protocol involved. The quote <laughs> is not given to you by voice. Yeah. It's given to you in, in writing you know, in with writing. a future listing. Uh -huh. yeah. So let's, let's so make that clear. Yeah. So but <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you go to someone like him now, he has been in the game for yeah. a while. You understand? Go to top people. Go to Timmy, Neil, Chris, all of them. Those people have been in the game for a while. So they would not charge the same thing I'm charging. Why? Because they've taken time to learn what they are. Some people take contracts and they're still learning on the job, which is why by the per the hour they might charge less because they're not that experienced. Okay. So the amount of experience, quote unquote, that you have yeah. really kind of determines why you would charge that. But 700 CDs, no. no. 700 CDs. Unless you're doing someone a favor. Yeah. yeah. So, um, first of all, anybody who does tech work and charges fixed price is just not doing <laughs> right. let's let's get that out of the way and and I'll, and I'll explain why i'll explain why i've see i've been doing this thing for 10 years we've done it that way we've done it the other way <laughs> we, we know when you charge a fixed price this is what tends to happen the feature list will never finish ah. the client is already paying a fixed price he may have even given you some down payment and now you have some money left you need to collect from him and you keep adding stuff and adding stuff and adding uh, stuff and adding stuff. And you too, you feel like because I need my money, Mon I'll keep yeah. doing it and doing it and doing it before I get it. Fixed price projects do not do it. Nobody does it. It's only a guy that I came and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Take note, guys. <laughs> um, so that's the first thing. Second thing is when you start charging per hour, right? Even if it is five CDs per hour, what tends to happen is that every single time that the client is making you do something, he knows that he's adding to his bill. Ah. So, one, he will focus on what is really important, important to, him. to him. Yeah. 
I've given codes to people. Once they've seen the codes, they're like, oh, you know what? This one, let's remove it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one, oh, this one, it's not necessary for version one. This one, oh, <laughs> you, let's consider. And then they'll really stick to what, what they, really, they need. really need to get it done. When you give them a fixed cost, oh, I want sharing button here, and then I want, <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. You understand? So it's it's not, for me, the, the whole charging per hour, even before you talk about the money and all that, is, is really just a principle of, my time is worth something and respect my time, right? The time you are, you are going to make me work on this thing and do this thing is worth something. So every single minute that I spend, you are paying for it, right? Um, so that, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, um, as a consultant, you need to have an hourly rate some people have like a fixed hourly rate because they just focus on doing one thing. So there are some people, if they call themselves a Ruby dev, they only do Ruby. So like, yeah, they know they, they know they are Ruby stuff. So when you come to them with a Ruby project, if the guy says $100 an hour, he knows what he can do. He can do for you. So um, you tend to have a higher hourly rate for things you're already experienced in because it won't take you long to get them done, mm. right? So, you know, you want a website, it's going to be a Ruby on real site. I've been doing Ruby on Rails for five years. I can get it done to you in 20 hours, right? So I can say, okay, 20 hours of work, I'll charge you $100 an hour for that, right? That's an, I'm not saying that's why I charge. I'm not saying okay. that's an example. <laughs> um, but then, if I do more than that, and then I'm, I'm working with another technology that you want me to use, I may know that, okay, this one... I'm not very experienced with it. You may ask me for some things that require me to do some research on my side. Obviously, I can't charge you for the for the number of hours I spend doing research, research before actually yeah. delivering value. So I'll bring it down to maybe $50 an hour because of the things that I'm going to do, right? Okay. So that's kind of how you figure out, um, you know, um, the, the, the pricing for for, 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 the, for this project. But, um, sorry. So as someone who's just beginner, how do you gain the confidence to charge by the hour? Uh, when you know most people just give you fixed price. So so this is how you do it. Even if the person gives you a fixed price project, yeah. still do the scoping, still do the listing and everything, and show him the real cost of the project, okay. your hourly rates, mm. so that even if he's paying you, I don't know, 700 CDs, but you know that the thing really costs 3,000 CDs, yeah. you tell him that he got a discount of so-so-and-so because he, you are just starting. Okay. But the next time he comes to you or you show it to somebody else, mm. this is actually what it costs. Okay. You understand? Because, like, I mean, like, you know, we, we buy things all the time on discount. So we know that, okay, that this is the real value, but I got it at a discount. Discount, you know okay. That. So it is always important that you you sort of do that exercise to, like, know what it would cost you to, to do the work, you know, and if you decide to collect less, that's your that's your business. But then this is the actual value. Okay. Uh -huh. So one last question. Like there's things that keep popping up a lot. We don't know where to find developers, or I need a developer. Like where do you, where do you people hide, and how do we reach you? <laughs> <laughs> Apart from Twitter, because where can we find you guys? Well, I think the thing is that the developer community is a really good place to actually find people who know their stuff. Okay. Right? In Ghana, there's Dev Congress. You understand? There was Meltwater and the rest of them. Hey, Dev um, Congress, free promo. Free promo. <laughs> <laughs> and so, all those things exist. And also, developers also need to put themselves out there, create your website with good SEO. You understand? Yeah. And so, when people yeah. are searching for things and all that, yeah. they would actually 
might your name might pop up. Do you understand? And so the things you do actually gain your referral. You know, keep doing your own thing, and your work would speak for you. Do you understand? You may not actually have to put ads out there. People would come out and reach out to you. I'm not trying to say I'm there yet, quote unquote. But I'm just saying people have reached out to me. People have reached out to me, and I'm like. Where did you hear about me from? Or if you send me messages on Twitter, and you're like, oh, I want you to do this, that, that for yeah. me. And sometimes you have to politely decline because you have other things you've already scheduled your time for. But I think your work really speaks on you. Contribute to open source projects. Um, help other people and do what you, do you get what I'm saying. Just try and put in more time helping people, like working for open source. Not everything you have to do has to be paid for, you know. And then from there, your work kind of speaks for you. I know Adam might have some. Um, so, so well, I'm going to give another shout out to Def Congress because we actually have a jobs board uh, okay, <laughs> on the Slack okay, channel. Okay. So I think if you like, when people contact me and say I'm looking for a dev, the first thing I do is I post, I say send me a JD, I'll post it on Dev Congress, and then people will apply, right? And um, so a couple of tips, right? Um, before we even talk about where do you find the devs, the first thing is. You looking for a dev? Do you know what you are looking for? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so we need to we need to address that too. Do you know what you are looking for? Do you, wh- what kind of dev are you looking for? What kind of languages? What kind of skills? What kind Someone of experience? Someone that can make Google.com. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the problem because it's not that the, the dev are, the devs are out there. They, I mean, some of them may be hidden and stuff, but you know, they are they are on Twitter. They are on a lot of a lot of these channels. Yeah. But to be honest with you, if I see um, you know, an ad for somebody looking for a dev. Number one, they don't talk about what the project is going to be about. They don't talk about the kind of skill sets. Really vague. And all that. For yeah. me, I'm like, this guy is not. Serious. I'm not going exactly. to contact you. Like, exactly. That's just it, and that's how many of the devs think, 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 think like. So figure out exactly the kind of dev you're looking for. Yeah. Um, if you have a JD, then you know, like, write a proper JD, put salary expectations as well. Yeah. All these kind of things. Um, and if you know, if you know Dev Congress, you can share it on Dev Congress. Um, if you don't know Dev Congress, or you, well, you you just kind of like don't know really where to go to. Start by finding someone who can recommend. Yeah. Somebody who's yeah. who's done work. I think it would be very hard for anybody to tell me today that they don't know somebody who who, who, who knows who, who knows, knows someone somebody, who knows someone, someone that has that. You understand? Exactly. There's always going to be somebody that you know who yeah. will be able to point you to, to to somebody who can who can do the job for so you. So I have, have another important question, Adam. Um, being like a committee manager for Dev Congress and being a part of that whole team, what do you think, or how far do you think the exposure has gotten in terms of developers in Ghana? Like, so for Lagos community, those guys are blown. Like, <laughs> let's not let's even just let's not even miss words. They are blown. See, uh, Mark recognized Mark, Mark recognized them and came before going to see Buari. Like, <laughs> that's actually being blown. But in Ghana. What exposure do you think the dev community here has gotten? Um, so I know that there was a time that Mest had something where this guy came for. Uh, who is it? I can't even remember. I think it was sometime last year or early this year. A big top shot in the dev community. I can't remember. But like, Oh, I think it's a Facebook guy. The products, uh, the head director it was of products big. or Mest something. made a lot of noise about yeah. it. So how? What, the ex- what do you think the exposure has is right now? Like, you know? If you're being candid with <laughs> you, know. the exposure. Well, I think it's too early right now. Um, yeah. We are still at a very early stage to talk about um, what kind of uh, you know exposure you know the, the yeah. community is getting right now. Yeah. 
Um, but what I do think is going to happen is that <coughs> as more and more people visit Ghana and stuff, you know, and they ask about Dev community, Dev Congress gets mentioned a lot, right? Okay. So last year we had Celestine and Prosper who oh. were just visiting Ghana like that, and oh. you know they came, you know, and then we had like a a Q and A session with them. Yeah. Um, when um, Code Beast was coming to Ghana, well, we didn't get a chance to meet, but then as soon as I found out that he was in Ghana, Prosper reached out to me and said, "Hey, reach out to this guy. Oh. You guys should meet up. Things like that." So I think the exposure is going to come from the angle of people who are coming here yeah. and looking for devs would would just think of us actually that's how i got into Mandela as well because um um the chief strategy officer of Andela reached out to somebody on dev congress emmanuel quarty um who then introduced me to her and said you should definitely speak to this person she was looking for people in the tech community to to talk to Mm. right um turned out that when I talked to her, I was like, oh, she used to be director of uh, ThoughtWorks Africa, but we never met before. Mm. Um, then from there, you know, I reached out to a couple of other people on Dev Congress, and some of them have gotten hired by Andela. So that's like, you know, one one advantage, you know, like okay. whenever people think of Dev community in Ghana that they want to talk to, Dev that's Congress always yeah, gets mentioned, of right? Of but it would be nice for us to also sort of, you know, have it go in the other direction to like, People seeing what we are doing down exactly. here and hearing about it, and then and that gets them to come here. Come not, here. you know, they come and Just then they yeah. want to find out what's going yeah. on. So yeah, so that's that's okay. what I would then say. Then also, so um, so speaking of exposure and all that, what part do you think that? So I think if we're looking at developers now, I think I think they make a small part of a larger tech community, right? You know, that's <coughs> the developers community. So in that. In the larger tech community, you have the startups, you have their founders, you have the guys doing digital marketing, you have mm-hmm. the guys. It's a huge community. So, what role is because I mean, I think I, I may be wrong. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that technology is in Ghana is moving rapidly. I mean, it's 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 tearing. Yeah. You get what I'm saying. So, and a lot of people are playing their own part. So I think the startups are coming up. They're springing up. Um, I like what um, Claude Cl- uh, Ite is doing with GA Tech Roundup. A lot of people, you know, so yeah. like everybody's playing their own part. So what does the, what do the dev guys, or what part are they playing in, you know, growing this? That's a that's a really community? good question. Yeah. And um, so this is let me let me let me answer it by by you know giving like a. I don't know how to call it, but yeah. Anyways, so um, when I was growing up, my uncle. Who introduced me to IT? He is a network. Well, he, he used to be a network admin at the time, um, so that's kind of how I I saw Linux for the first time. I didn't know what it was, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sorry, what's like that? It <laughs> 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 had a huge book from which you read the commands, because there was no internet then, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so basically, he, he used to work um, for this telecom company, and at the time, it, this was like this was like mid nineties, right? Yeah. Um, so whenever, and I mean, telecom companies just barely started, you know, yeah. popping up on the continent. Um, so whenever, like, um, they will have a, a problem, like, let's say, like one time the code just broke and then, um, they couldn't fix it because they, it was like a third party software they bought and to fix it, they had to get consultants to come from Europe to fly in, they slept in fancy hotels 
got to the office, you know, spent about Ch- an chill hour. Chill up. <laughs> yeah, spent, <laughs> spent about an hour, you know, putting up a patch because they couldn't do like software updates at the time to, to you know, put up a patch, deployed it, and it worked, and then they flew back. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the reason, and you pay them so much. So, the reason why I'm, I'm saying this story is because so my uncle used to be really upset about it. Like, he doesn't understand why his company would just not invest into training them, you know, sending them there for them to go and learn all these things and then come back and just be able to um, do the stuff, out, right? Yeah. And it's a narrative that y- I'm sure you've seen in many, many other fields, um, you know, on the continents. Like, you know, uh, we try to do something, we get it started. It doesn't work, and then we bring experts from outside, from outside yeah, to come yeah. and fix yeah. it. We pay them a lot of money, and then they go back. And then whenever we have a problem, they come back, and then they do it, right? So to answer the question about what, what role the devs play um, you know, in this bigger tech startup um, community and stuff, um, as you're saying, internet is growing really fast, right? So right now, today, I think there are about five million, four or five million people who have access to internet in Ghana. Eight million people. Yeah. My, my stats are not better. <laughs> <laughs> so there are 8 million people who have internet access in Ghana today. So that means that if you're building a product that targets 10% of them today, um, or targets 10% of the population, then you are potentially reaching out to 800,000 people, right? Yeah. That's your target market. At the same time, there are people who are working to get more and more people online, right? Which means that the day we get to 20 million people connected in Ghana today, then your target market becomes 2 becomes million Becomes bigger, yeah. Let's say your product goes across and it expands out of Ghana, you target now Nigeria, 180 million people, and it's also growing 10%. So you are targeting 18 million people. So you have 20 million people to target. The question is, are we at a stage today where we can confidently say that we have the talent on the continent that can build systems that can scale and support 20 million people? Nope. I don't think so. Mm. You understand? So. I don't. I don't think we are there yet, right? So that's why, you know, um, the developer community is important because yeah. when people talk about, you know, strategy and execution is more important than the idea and everything. Tech is ver- a very important part of that execution. Yeah, you understand. Like, no matter how brilliant your idea is or anything, if you know you deploy it, you run a promo and all that, and your site goes down, it's gone down. Like that's it. That's you it. You have lost yeah. money. You're done. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> so it's really important that, you know, um, tech people keep learning, keep getting the experience, you know, from working on bigger scale projects, uh, you know, keep tinkering with ideas, keep doing all these things so that the day we get to the point where we are not writing applications that are handling thousands of users, but we are handling millions, millions. of transactions, we can say that we don't have to bring anybody from anywhere because we have the devs on the continent, in the country, you understand? That's why for me, I am so passionate about teaching best practices, you know, showing people the right directions to go into, learning the right things, because I want us to get to a point where we can say that we don't need to bring anybody from anywhere to come and solve anything. Everything is here. here. (laughs) Down here. The talent is down here. Right? We are self-sufficient, exactly. And it's even more important when you think about the fact that to get started into as a software developer, as a software engineer, the only thing you really need is a laptop. <laughs> I, I love software engineering because of the fact that, um, unlike chemical engineering and civil engineering and all these things, you need to get a lab, 
and you know you are reading a book you don't know whether you're going to blow yourself up or not <laughs> you know for me like the worst that will happen is that my code will not work and i yeah. just have to change a yeah. couple of lines and then it works you understand so the barrier to entry is so low right but then people are not really taking advantage of it so it would be really unfortunate that you know as we get more and more people online we are getting more and more services being done online infrastructure is improving and all that we would not have the people who can actually do the technical yeah. parts. Yeah. Does that make sense? So that's that's kind of why it's Th that's, you know, that's really that's profound. The, that's the that's the role that they play. Yeah. Just to add something to it, just to piggyback off what I said. I think for now, like he said, people who are building products should build products that can scale. So that even before when you start needing people to come and provide support, your product can already handle billions of users. Like for loop now the I keep bringing up follow every time. Follow building for the next billion users. You understand? So try to build apps that would always scale, that would not die when you have when you when you because this thing the way the internet works, you you can go from zero people or maybe ten people or twenty active users to two million in the next minute. Yeah. Because one person tweeted something and your tweet blew up. And because that blew up, you have a lot of people going to your website. And now the servers, when you were buying your servers, you were yeah. buying servers that could only handle That's maybe a, a throughput of about, uh, say, 10 gigabytes, 10, 10 gigabytes, something like that. And now you have so many people coming, and it's almost like a DDoS attack. Like It's like people are hitting and hitting the servers, and now the thing is down. I like I like the idea so of scaling. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Adam remembers. The first Twitter conversation we ever had yeah. was, so Paystack, tweeted that they had just crossed a billion naira in transactions yeah. i think yeah. that was two months ago or yeah. something and then <coughs> i tweet i quoted that tweet and i said let's hope that startups in ghana like express pay and the likes can actually get to those numbers and adam was actually of the candid opinion that if they continue to think ghana <laughs> Chale, <laughs> not gonna happen no. <laughs> let's even be honest like do you understand yeah. but so if they need to think to the broader yeah. african market and I also look at that and I see that there's a problem with that because if hmm, so I think it has to do with our DNA if a startup founder creates starts founds this or starts a you know a company he's he, to be honest with you for the media he can tell you that oh it's passion oh I've always wanted tech but inside him eh, he's waiting for that money is that, is, is that money that he's looking for if let's actually be honest I think even tech founders have told me this. Like, out there, they could say it's for the passion or it's, you know, they can bamboozle the media. But in them, and then when they go back to their family at home, it's for the, <laughs> it's for the money. So, and you also look at the, the states and everything. They have a structure where even if you're earning a regular pay, you're comfortable. You have health insurance. You have... You're comfortable. Internet is internet is not a luxury. Internet is, you know. So some things have been taken off their plate. But here, the basic amenities are still a problem. So how do you think, like, people who want to start companies that would use technology to drive development, how do you think they can look past the money, look past the profit for them, the reward, and actually look at value that they're going to be adding? Do you understand? And... I'm even talking about devs as well. I know devs have to get paid. I know they have to chop. But how do you? I mean, it's Accra. Accra we day. Every man must chop. But like, <laughs> like how do how do? You, and I also have this problem myself. How do you look past the money and look at the value you're adding? Um. So 
That's 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 that's, <laughs> that's a deep question, man. <laughs> so I, I mean, I can I can only talk for for myself um, to answer this question. Um, Sorry to cut you short, Adam. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you make a lot of money, so <laughs> it's not even going to No, no, no. no. Well, I mean, I mean, no. Okay. So money, money, money. <laughs> not, no, no. So I'm I mean, when I say when I say answer from my perspective, I'll, like I'll explain why, why why I'm saying that. So. You know, those who know me would know yeah. that I run, you know, a startup yeah. called Store Foundry on the side. And then I also work for Umbrella Fusion. And, you know, the question that I get all the time is how do you cope with both and everything? And, you know, the truth is we we didn't start. I mean, like, even though, yeah, of course, nobody wants to start a business and not be, be able to enjoy the financial rewards at some point. Right. Um, but. We we really started because we we wanted to build something that solves a problem. Like, and you know maybe it's biased because we also had experience in e-commerce, you know, development already and stuff. So it was like, you know, a natural progression towards that. But I think that, you know, even though the the I mean I wouldn't call it focus. I'll call it the reward should be you know financial gain in the end because you don't want to I mean like nobody wants their company to just collapse yeah. and then yeah. you know and all that. Um, if you start by just focusing on the problem that you are solving, and then keeping your focus on that, then you know uh, you can you can remain motivated and you can look past the money to do it. But how do you look past the money because you have to eat? You have to yeah. There, there is stuff <laughs> that you have to do. So you, like you know. Um, and all that. So for me, like the way the way the way it's worked for me is, we decided that we were going to run it part time. <laughs> a lot of people don't like to hear that because they feel like you know if you're running a startup, you should just be in it full time and everything and all that. And I respect that. People who can do that, I really respect them. Um, but the way our market is set up, unless you are able to convince investors to get money and then you know start off and everything. Um, I don't think it's a narrative that really works really well because for you to get the traction that investors expect to see before they give you the money, you need to fund your company to a certain point to actually reach that traction level, yeah. right? Um, so how do you get the fund for that if nobody is giving you money in the beginning? You need to find it yourself. In the US, it works out for them because one, they have credit cards. People don't know these things. You, if If you work for, why do you think that in the US, like somebody who is starting a company would work for another company for like, you know, five, six years, build enough experience and all that before they start their company. It's because their credit builds up over time. Which means that if you start working today and you know your credit card has given you a credit limit of I don't know, a thousand dollars a month. After five years, if you've been increasing your income over time, you could even be getting up to like fifty thousand dollars a month. Hmm. that you can repay after a year. What does that mean? Wow. That means that if you have an idea to start a company and you are really confident and you really know that this idea can work, you can leave off credits yeah. for <laughs> a year. Wow. People wow. have done it. They've, I mean, like, people have done it and I've heard stories like that. And, you know, they build their idea and everything and all that and then when they get their investment from, you know, after showing the traction, then they can pay off their that credits, you know, yeah. and say that, you know, we built this thing by using our credit cards and all that. If you have two founders, that means I have two credit cards available. <laughs> you have three credit cards yeah. available. And they do that. So they actually fund their companies and in the beginning like that, right? So they sort of have this um, low entry to being able to try things out because 
money is available some even though you're going to repay the money at some point it's available somehow and even if the idea fails what do you do you just go back, go to, back work, to work and yeah. then you pay back your your this thing, your credit over time yeah can we do that here nah. <laughs> Show show me the money. We can, uh huh. Backless bank will just come and carry you. We 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 really we really can't do that here, right? So it's either you know some people will say family and friends money. Sure, you can do that. If you don't have those means, then you are taking money from, you know, somebody who may give you money because you know they are rich and they have money just to blow. Yeah. But they're not going to give you money because they expect a return. You understand? So if you really don't have any means of getting any money. That means that you have to get a job that you work that actually brings in money, and then you work on a, on your idea part time until it gets to the point where it's generating enough, and then you can say, okay, now I can focus on this idea full time. During that time, you get traction, you know, you you fund it and all that, and then eventually an investor will come and then say that, you know, okay, I like this idea, I'm going to work on it. I also think that when you do it that way, when you have a full time job, right, that you can you are dedicated to. And then you are able to also find time to work on this idea that you are really passionate about. Because you're already making money. You understand? Like, you know, you already have money and all that. So even if you're not working on this idea on the side, like, it doesn't it really, really affect you, worry yeah. you or anything. That's when you know that you really have passion for but that idea. Yeah. You're looking past the money. And if you can find the commitment to work on it in your part-time time, how much more can you do when you actually focus on it full-time? You know, so that's the, that's the narrative that I always try to use. Mm. And I know a couple of people also have you know are building their companies like that here you know we don't we we keep low we don't we don't, <laughs> we don't talk much about it we just we just grow you know yeah. quietly underground and then you know hopefully one day it can become the the main thing that we do okay so like i think that uh, wow it's been a very very crazy episode <laughs> like i already have heard it from all these people here, so I think we'll have to ask them to come back. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to ask them. We'll have to ask you to come back. But um, just one final like thing before we all leave. Um, so for devs in Ghana, you know, young devs that are not a part of a community, that are not a part of a of a you know of Dev Congress or of GDG, that kind of thing. What do you advise them? I mean, I use judging from your experience, judging from you know the job things that you faced what would you really advise them um if you are a dev you are looking to become a dev um any of that please join a community i can't emphasize how important it is your next job may come from that community Community. uh the right kind of skills you learn is going to come from that community um you know the 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 friends that you have that you can exchange ideas with all these things come from this community and you know the, the there is one thing that's even well that 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 I think to me is important is that um, there are many many problems in the country yeah. or you know generally around us that can be solved using technology, but until we get to the point where our community is as strong and as effective as uh, you know a labor union for instance. Yeah. Right, it will be very hard for us to be able to pitch our ideas to people who can make the decisions and make it happen. Yeah. So, if you ask me, for instance, um, you know, I mean, we just did the whole national ID yeah. thing, yeah. you know, and they're about to launch, yeah. and only God knows how much money has Somebody been pumped has into another SSNIT. You understand? But imagine that you know, um, did that platform was built yeah. in an open way, right? Mm so that 
there are people who have contributed the code. It was done in an open source way. It was deployed. It can be extended. APIs can be made available for other types of applications to be built on top of it and things like that, right? That would have made things so much easier. That would mean that, you know, for instance, I could go to a bank and then, you know, sure. I don't have to hold my ID exactly. on me. Yeah. They can just type my, my uh, what's it called? Maybe my, my ID, ID number, number and, and they know exactly who I am. You know, I could go to... Like, there, there are many things yeah. that we could do, right? Um, but then, I don't know how they're going to do it, but, you know, I feel like if there was a community around such a project that was built, yeah, it, it could have probably been what? way better than what it is right now. But, it, yeah. if you ask me, the government doesn't know what Dev Congress is. <laughs> the Minister of Education, sorry, the Minister of uh, Information and Communication Technology doesn't know what Dev Congress is, yeah. right? So, we can only be strong if we are, we almost everybody is there. Like, yeah. you know, so please, if you are part of, you want to get started in software development or anything, um, even if you are an introverted person yeah. or whatsoever, yeah. just join the community, community. you know. Yeah. Um, be part of it, share your ideas, you know, talk attend to other people. Attend meetups. Attend meetups, meet with people, hackathons, you know, all these things. Expand your knowledge by learning different things. Yeah. You know, it helps you see, like, what are the trends in terms of yeah. the things that people are hiring for, yeah. and, you know, exchange ideas, all these kind of things. Yeah. And then it just helps you become a, a, a better person. So, And, I mean, like, yeah. when you do all that, just like Joe has just been snatched by Flutterwave, <laughs> Emmanuel by Paystack, <laughs> me by Google in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, you just might be the next person that... Yeah, of these firms will just you yeah know, exactly. Uh, I th yeah, I mean, I th I think it's I, th I I would like to see us get to the point where you know when people are thinking of hiring tech talent in in Africa, then they're like, oh yeah, there are people in Ghana in who Ghana. are doing amazing stuff. So yeah, just like they're doing Nigeria now. So yeah, wow, we'll get there. <laughs> what an episode! <laughs> like I've been, I've, I've we've dropped so many gems on this episode. Um, it's I need to actually listen to this over and over and over and over and over again. But um, above all of this like i'm really grateful to uh, me and i really grateful to you adam for coming on the show og do you have any last words well as and see me i don't know you you can be upcoming today tomorrow you can be blown because the way you get tech jobs these days uh, anyway please please let's keep it on the <laughs> 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 any, any last words you know what do you what do you have well for, for the most part it's just gonna more or less piggyback what he said yeah that you need to actually join people join the community yeah so that you can actually see what's going on keep yeah. up to date with tech news follow yeah. tech blogs like tech yeah. Nova, you know yeah. tech crunch like find out yep yep we got we got find a credit. Out what's find out what's going on around you keep yeah. up to date with new information and all so that you can be world class and i saw someone say something it says to be world class you need to actually follow people who are world class, world class. so find those people Keep in touch with them. Yeah. Send them a DM. If they yeah. don't reply you, maybe send it a second time. If they don't reply for a short time, well, there are many people to talk <laughs> and to. Like, again. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, just, just just go out of your way to actually reach out to people that yeah. can actually help you. Because yeah. and for the most part, too, also, people always have this conception that, this um, mindset that developers are, what's it called now, rude or mm. conceited. And mm. that's another thing we also, if we can address it here, that's true. Like, just try to be, yeah, no, you have a lot on your mind. Because sometimes you really don't mean any harm. You're just really busy and someone is really chatting just trying to, to fix one book. Yeah, and so for the most part, just try to be as, you know, yeah, you know, just entertain the conversation. Yeah. Because, or just get yourself headphones and just talk to them when you're ready. Because, like, True. 
happened to me this week. I was really working on something, and I was really into it. But one of my um, friends just kept passing by and yeah. saying stuff. But I wasn't really, I didn't really have time to listen to yeah. it because what I was doing was really important. And so because of that, like even maybe afterwards, after you're done, just like try to holler at person. It was good, man. You know, but okay. just just make sure that even yeah. while you're doing your dev work, just yeah. try and keep in touch with the world. Do you understand? And not yeah. like well. I mean, yes, we're all busy, but also just try and just keep in touch try with other share people. Exactly. Knowledge. And that's the that's most good. Part. Yeah, share knowledge. Like he said, that's talk good. at meetups, attend yeah. hackathons, and that's, that's it. Great. So we'll all be world class one day. Emmanuel, uh, <laughs> <laughs> need you have some last yeah. words you know, before we're out? Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> <I cry with laughs> you. Adam, Adam, thank you very much. And just, just know that we're going to DM you very soon for another episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mass not hot. Mass down. Maybe even the party can be more focused. So, you know, yeah. Ruby on Rails versus Machine. Thank you very much. We guys. out. Yeah. Have a good one. <laughs>